perfect. So, first up, we have Magic. We'll do Magic. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Magic, and I played the half-orc monk, Tarak. Perfect. And on the other side of me is Mr. Zack. Hello, everyone. My name is Zack. I play Doran, the dragonborn barbarian. And next to him is Josh. Everyone, uh, happy belated Halloween. <laughs> Messed up, if you couldn't tell. Uh, I play Diggin, the Warforged Rogue. Perfect, and off to the side, we have Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah. I play Max Mills, the Tiefling Sorcerer. Perfect, and below Sarah, we have Mr. Nate. Hello, I'm Nate. Uh, I play Soren, the Bladesinger Rogue. I am dressed up as my character to the best I could. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And uh, last but not least, we have our Mr. Uh, DM here, the baby maker. Uh. <laughs> a weird way to put that. Thank you. Wow. wow. Yeah, everybody. We're done. We'll see ya. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the Wow. Okay. Um, so that's I'm, been a while. I'm resting. Oh my god. for baby maker. <laughs> baby maker, the dungeon master. That's perfect. Me. Hi. I'm Ben, aka Baby Maker, the dungeon master. Um, no. Uh, yeah. Find me on BM or as BM the DM on Twitter. Uh, ben. All these fine folks dressed up for Halloween. Oh, I'm man. dressed up as. Um, I, I'm dressed up as a, a gifted and talented young student, you know? So when you look at me, they're like, what are you? And I'm like, oh, I could have been a lot of things, but I'm this. <laughs> Eric, I'm wasted potential. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's a good uh, one. <laughs> no, everybody did wonderfully with their costumes. I'm super excited. You all look amazing. And well, me and Magic holding it down yeah, for people who couldn't right. dress up today. Yeah, oh, that's well, you have a really good excuse. My only one is that I am traveling, so I am sorry I could not <laughs> that uh, compete fine. with you guys. Oh, you, look, I, you all look amazing. I thought you were going as, like, something really scary. Sorry. Very Kids got jokes. Yes, yes. She's trying. <laughs> all right well if you don't have any other announcements we can jump on in for Kiko. Uh, no right. wrong one you're a cosmo <laughs> i'm gonna get them right one of these i'm sorry my brain <laughs> the is other game. so fried that's our I'm other trying. game <laughs> i'm really trying i swear i mean um, if you kill no, pippy i can come back as kiko it's not i like this character too much <laughs> Um, Me too. Yeah, so last uh, last session, um, we had some really exciting times uh, heading through the jungles of Kutala. Um, Y'all had some great interactions in the group there, discovered something unique about Diggin, whose eyes remind everybody of a dragonborn. Um, looks like dragon eyes, and everybody freaked out about that. That was really weird. Um, continued on the trail of the goblins that you had caught in the uh, woods, but we're basically making your way to the ruins um, north-west, uh, northeast-ish. Looking back at the map now, it's being very slow and loading. I hate it when it does this to me. Northeast! <laughs> uh, northeast of Fort Rowing, you guys were heading up to the ruins. Um, found your way to the ruins, 
and we're preparing to find make your way inside after you had investigated a little bit on the outside of the ruins and found the desiccated bodies of the guards that had been with Elric when you were snuck up upon by a very tribal and ancient looking wood elf um, who took the group of you further into the jungle away from this these ruins that you heard goblins pouring out of shortly afterwards um, and took you to a city where you met their leader Kiyoki who welcomed you to um, the city of a race she referred to as the Almafea and invited you all in this great city among the treetops and that's where we left off we'll pick up from there after you all had settled in for the evening um you know, got your initial questions answered of who are you people the Almafea. um the uh name of the city you hear in passing um was by enta um and we'll put that in chat for you all as well um but you know you we kind of come in to the rest of you around the hearths in the evening there's a great eating hall that's kind of built in a circular fashion around one of the larger trees um everybody's sitting primarily on rugs woven from tree fibers and various um, animal furs um, there's a very little in the way of things like pillows and seating mostly it's cross-legged on the floor um, and you're brought a bunch of jungle delicacies a lot of fruit dishes some smoked meats fish various things to you know please any palate um but you're all in the in the dining hall and up near the place kind of down below the raised central seating um where kiyoki and her husband um the uh, major or sorry the the royal couple that rules over the city are sitting in a couple attendants around them as well and the evening is yours you guys like to do i'm gonna switch the music up here because we're done with our intro nice timing <laughs> so how many of these uh wood elves are there in this in the dining hall uh there are in here between eating and bringing food into the various peoples um, they all seem to be doing multiple jobs. There doesn't seem to be anybody in particular that's like serving the food and not sitting. It's very communal. Um, but there, there are at least 70 to 80 wood elves moving in and about this area. And and that comprises most of the ones that we saw? Or are there other people or other wood elves outside as well? Or is... During your time in the city um, today, you probably spent about two or three hours getting acclimated and kind of you guys were given a small abode to stay in that was more like a barracks really it had a few hammocks um they invited you to stash your things there told you to be safe but you were welcome to join them and they settled you into this small little abode that you know sat probably 12 people could sleep comfortably um hanging hammocks three tall um just spread in the small room really it seemed like a place for visitors or temporary housing um and you were very quickly fetched but you saw probably three to four hundred wood elves moving and living about the city. Um, wow. And this isn't the only place where people are eating. This just happens to be the central uh, dining area where uh, Kiyoki and her husband are. It, it would be the equivalent of being in a castle and holding dinner at courts. Um, but there doesn't seem to be the pomp and pageantry of a court with it. This is more 
everybody's a part of the family um, and is joining in. And there's only a single elevated position. Um, actually, let's see. Who might be proficient in this region? Just give me a quick second here. It's kind of a cultural thing, so... Penelope, give me an insight check. And Soren, you can give me either a history or an arcana check. Or sorry, a hist I looked at arcana. History or an insight check. Insight it is. <laughs> uh, uh oh. <laughs> um, 12. Soren's a little bit foreign to you, however, Penelope, uh, you had spent that week kind of waiting for Elric to come back, studying in Midatona uh, about the cultural histories of the region, and you, you remember vaguely things about um, some of the old tribes that used to live here. And the reason that these two would be elevated um, is not only because they're the the monarchs of the city, but it's more of a, a religious position. Um, Kiyoki would be viewed as a spiritual leader to the people, a priestess, and that's the only reason she holds a little bit of an elevated position with her, her spouse, who also serves as a witch doctor and a healer of sorts for the city. Um, and then you all are actually seated kind of just out in front of them, which is, with a 15, you'd know that this is considered a place of honor you'd be sitting close to them um, but they consider everybody that's in the hutch eating with them up in this kind of like, this uh, this dining area to be you know, part of the family but you're given a bit of a place of honor kind of near them tonight but that's the only reason they're elevated slightly is for religious regions not for any not for any personal reasons or ruling type reasons and you see plenty of people the rest of you see lots of people moving up and just freely conversing with them, sharing food and laughs and drinks as they kind of move back and forth. Dakin will go awkwardly stand in a corner while the player takes off some of this metal. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little toasty under the camera lights and full plate mail. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> you can just leave can the, the head, that. the cowl. Oh, on. yeah. It, it, it'll stay on. Armor's coming off. <laughs> oh my goodness. Clang, 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 clang. Right. <laughs> oh. What would you guys like to do? Um, the food brought to you is, seems mostly uh, to be good fare. A few things seem interesting. There are some insects in the in the mix of different stews that are available. Um, and we'll wait for this one. Anybody want to do anything in particular as you're kind of uh, sitting around and starting to eat dinner? Um, I'd like to chat with some of the locals and ask, given my history, ask about the economics and the trading and how that works here and with their sort of familial and communal type lifestyle. So you, the group of you is sitting next to a few people mm -hmm. and you um, make a, well, actually let's look at your passive perception, see how sharp you are. Not very. <laughs> I've got it here, 10, uh, not very. Yeah. yeah. So you, you ask generally out to the, uh, perception. See how to the group. 
and um, a few of them do respond in the same kind of broken common that you've heard before. Um, there's a there's um, a one gentleman sitting next to you named Felon that's been with you for the day, and that's F E L A N. Um, okay. Uh, we do a little bit of trading with the people who come to the coast. Um, they need uh, the fixing of boats. Sometimes they get shipwrecked and need help, and we offer services, um, but they do not have much that we need. Um, all that we need comes from the jungle, but we help all of the children are found in Kutala's warm embrace. Oh, very interesting. That's a very interesting uh, business manner. Business? You uh, said eco economic? These words, I do not... I'm sorry. Um, in, in exchanging of goods and services, just on a grander scale. Well, if someone needs something, why would you not give it to them? Well, you would, but... I'm never leaving here. <laughs> doesn't it seem fair that if you do something nice for me, I should do something nice for you back? No, if I need something, someone will give me what I need. They will help me, because we help each other. Well, yes. <laughs> I can get behind these ideals, because I have seen what greed does to a person. Oh, but yes, yes. We The goblins have much greed, and they want many things. And we, we try to give them what they need, but they, they only know to take. So we we try very hard to keep them away from the city, and they have a hard time to find, uh, <laughs> to find this place. Bayenta is a very hidden place for a good reason. Many animals know this, this greed, and this consume, all they do is eat and mean to take. But we are civilized and we work together. Do your people often venture out to other cities? No, we have we have many duties in the jungle. Um, there are other smaller cities than Bayenta that exist within the jungle, but uh, you, you do not need knowledge of them. They are hidden from sight for good reason. They protect many things. Please do not take this the wrong way. We truly appreciate your great hospitality. Oh no! It is no insult is intended. And all no, received. no. Thank you. I the the question is: Do you treat all newcomers this way? Um, it is it is not common at all um, for us for foreigners to be treated this way with such great honor we know of some flags the the cloths that wave on ships we we avoid them we have we have tried to help them in the past and they have had much greed and want to take and uh we we have kept them from coming to the city and we do not deal with them yet they yet have. you have brought us to the city at at risk, you you do not know us. Oh I... no, we know you very well. How? How? Elric has spoken very highly of her. 
You know Elric? Elric. You've, you've seen you him. You know him. Oh, yes. We know Elric. Is, is he, he here right now? No. Is he here? No. Oh. no, I am sure that is why Kiyoki wants to speak with you later this evening. She has many questions for you. Oh, if, uh, that now things make some more sense. Thank you. We have been oh, looking for this Elric for quite some time now. Yes, it was yeah. a great tragedy that he was taken, and we will we would be very happy to see what he has in his possession returned to where it belongs. If I if I may ask a bit of a prying question, um who amongst you is the oldest? The oldest? Mm. Perhaps a record well, keeper or some sort of uh Well historian. we do have we do have historians. We do have many stories that we share between us, and we also have stories that we have written down and saved. We keep some records. Um uh Babenya is probably uh, the best one for any historical questions. Uh, she keeps the records um, in the city. You said Vabenya? Vabenya. B-A-B-A-B-A-B-E-N-Y-A. Cool. Almost got it. <laughs> um, Babushka. I, I don't know how, how okay. close-lipped you are with <laughs> secrets, but would she possibly be willing to have a discussion with me? I have great many questions about our people. Well, yes, she would be happy to share what she can. There are secrets of the of the jungle that we guard that are better left undisturbed. Fortunately, no offense meant, but we will not be sharing that with outsiders. That is understandable, of course. But do you know if Elric is alive? Mm. We did not find his body, and we tracked him for quite a while. Um, but unfortunately, our scouts have not returned with his final location. There is a there is a group that we have tracked him with that we believe may be behind this. Um, there is uh, phantoms, this ivory, I believe, in your tongue. Yes. Yes. We've, we've begun to track them and we have found small groups of them that we have dispatched. Um, but their primary place, their location, eludes us. You've fought them before? Yes. What are they like? Deadly. They, so, they try so to... Assassins. They try to steal the, the many gifts that the jungle has hidden. You'll find... Interesting things, though. There's there's fun things at play here with these great powers, these ancient and old powers that live in this jungle. Uh, many things like uh, like you, that that very pretty cloak that you have on. That uh, you'll find it does not work very well much farther than the jungle. If I if I could see it, please. Dorian, he kind of motions to your cloak that you're wearing. I suppose here. Takes it off and it's quite fantastic, the magic that makes some of these great gifts from the jungle. As he throws it over his shoulders, you watch as it almost immediately begins to shimmer and change, 
and matches the bone and leather motif and outfit that he has on as it kind of blends and fits in his styling. The, the magic is strong here because we are in the heart of Kutala, and it, it keeps the magic strong. But the ancients were very smart people, and they, they did not want this power used in the rest of the world to, to change the tide of many people's lives. So you'll find, as you begin to leave, this will start to fade, and soon the magic will return to Kutala. Sorry, just so I'm understanding this correctly, you mean that the the item itself will no longer function, or it will no longer be able to camouflage itself? It will no longer work. The magic will return to the heart of Kutala. Is this, this might be something you are not willing to share, but can you explain why? We have always believed that the, the ancients, when they blessed us with magic to be able to craft the world as we saw fit, the greatest powers were birthed here, in Kutala. And some of the great things that were made here are made from her lifeblood and the blood of those that live here. So when you take them from their home, they begin to fade and long for their home, and soon the magic leaves them. But many of you we can tell have great strength and power and you bring that from within you carry your own magical blood in you but that is not the case with some of the things from this place that is also why we are very very worried about what what Elric carries I do not know what it is Yoki knows and she will help you to understand better Any other questions for Felon while you guys are hanging out at dinner? Mm -hmm. As you're kind of finishing talking, um, he looks over as some people are bringing out these long, like, sausages looking on skewers. And he goes, oh, yes, my favorite. Oh, my friends. You are in for very much a treat. Um, I'm going to place this message as a spoiler in our Discord D&D Tavern. Um, as they bring out this large larva that's been skewered lengthwise mm. on a spit oh, and then roasted. <laughs> ah, thank you it's for been that. Roasted like a sausage. And uh, he grabs I one and it. just kind of starts... <laughs> Yep. Uh, yep. 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 I told you I had that one ready, Josh. That was a rations for me. <laughs> that's a gift from my other character. Yep, You're welcome. That's from Blue. <laughs> that's from Blue. <laughs> I love introducing that in different ways to games. That's that is the larva of in real life. That's the larva of a Goliath beetle. I'm good. Uh, I love trying new things. Oh no, <laughs> I'm a vegetarian. Um, yeah, so these Tarad grabs it and just takes a big bite of it. Like, oh, no, <laughs> nice. I, I think I'm a vegetarian. Delicious. Too. <laughs> this, 
this yeah, is there's valley, valley there's um, skewers of them brought out on trays and just kind of handed around um so each one is probably about seven or eight inches long um almost like a big cord on the cob but it's a it's a roasted larva it's quite big um earthy gummy um very uh, creamy no. strangely uh, oh god it's like milky sour patch kids <laughs> it's a kinder egg uh, i don't i don't want to be rude so i take one and i just like little itty bitty nibble it <laughs> it is crunchy on the outside yet strangely chewy on the inside as long as we don't get in trouble slimy yet satisfying right right oh. uh, looking over the food is there any is there any other options for dinner? <laughs> oh, no, there's there's plenty of other things oh, that are okay. brought out. Most people like bring these out and like a lot of people get excited for them. Um, those of you that do try bits of it, seasoning is really good. The Once you get past the fact that you're eating a giant bug, uh, um, but it's seasoned nicely. Um, it's got a very smoky and sweet scent to it. Uh, but there's other things that are there. Um, there's various fruit dishes. Remember, if you're in Discord looking at that and you don't want to be looking at the spoiler, click to another channel, then click back, and it'll be yeah. rehidden yeah. for you. <laughs> it's there so it's like forever. <laughs> it'll haunt your dreams. But there's other things that are available. There's a uh, those of you. There's different preparations of um, some of the local dinosaur and like lizards that are in the region. Um, plenty of root vegetables, plenty of fruit dishes as well, um, but everything's really well covered. <coughs> Sorry. But veggies for me. Yes. Yeah. Um, I tried to have one of everything. Not, definitely not the fare from home, but also definitely not something that you're very used to. It uh, it catches you off guard a couple times. You're expecting sweet. And you get savory, and you're expecting yes. <laughs> something to be to be mild, and then you get a big hit of spice or something. But it's all very, very well made food, and everything is quite delicious. Most of you uh, um, have your entire fill. There's uh, wonderful teas that are available for drink. Um, there is a sort of a almost like a mead that's they tell tell you is made from a local pitcher plant that collects the sweet nectar. That they turn into an alcohol. Um, it's very good. But you all have a really, really good meal. If you have a level of exhaustion, you may remove it. Um, and everybody gains inspiration because I had a baby and you guys ate weird food, uh, so everybody gets inspiration. Yay. <laughs> yay. All right. Even Dan. Hey, you should have a baby more <laughs> Even often. Yay. Dan oh, looks at everybody. No more babies. <laughs> the baby maker. Baby more <laughs> no more all babies. All hail the baby maker. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> new nickname all right so dinner otherwise goes without anything exciting happening um does anybody ask anything else while we're hanging out with um felon and the rest of the group it's starting to get closer to sunset outside are we up in the trees you are up in the trees about 120 feet up um i want to just like keep a lookout because i'm not like full-on trusting of these people especially with the interaction that we had in the woods and they said or my compan uh, companions here said that they were friends and 
I attacked them. They seem to attack our friends. So I'm still not like trusting this whole situation. So I just want to like perceive everything that's happening and just like keep a lookout. Outside? And, sure. Mm-hmm. And has Kyoki approached us at all since the initial time we met? Or are we just waiting for her to, to come talk to us again? She said she wanted to speak to you that evening in private and just a, a group of you. Um, she said they had dinner to tend to first, and it seems like this is a this is something that the village does daily. This is not just a once in a while dinner. This is how they eat together. Everybody gets together and shares in the bounty. Um, I rolled a natural 20 for a 21 perception. Perfect. Nice. All right. Um, you get outside on the, the walkway. There is an exit out to a path that's about five foot wide. Um, just enough for one or two people to walk down um, spend some time looking out at the village and you get the the sounds of the jungle night around you um, with the 21 you spot a few animals moving um, in the near veil time as it's starting to get to evening um, you spot a couple panthers kind of moving through the underbrush going after some prey um, and you can hear that those animals are mostly unaffected by the fact that there's, you know, close to 500 people living in the treetops up here. Um, that just seems to be part of the environment to them. They're completely accepting of it. Of the people moving around, you can see individuals and groups kind of moving between the various canopy dwellings as they come to different houses. But mostly what you hear is large groups together enjoying a meal, talking. Um, languages you don't recognize floating across the wind, but it it almost seems to, uh, as you've listened to the language for a bit now and been more exposed to it, this dialect of Elvin that they're speaking almost seems to harmonize in concert with the wind blowing through the canopy leaves. It It's very delicate and soft-spoken, and there's there's laughing, but it seems also airy, and it just adds to the mystique around this place but you don't you look around at everybody who's passing by try to like keep a good eye on the people and there seems to be zero threat here it seems that once you are welcomed into this place it is a place of comfort and protection and harmony question looking around um do they have like decorations like is there art is there like any sort of visual storytelling i guess in the in the halls that we're in or anything like that yes <laughs> there <laughs> is a very large tapestry that wraps on the interior of the room um that is built from dried leaves woven into um kind of the I don't want to say like the siding, but you know, the interior siding of this place, it's almost woven into the tree branches that they've pulled down and kind of grown over these things. There are some artificial portions like they've cut and crafted into the trees, but they tried to work very much with the natural growth of these trees um, hmm. to build sustainable housing. And from these dried leaves, they've woven a surface to be able to paint on. Um, and in this primary dwelling, there's a there's a depiction of a large like if you start from where you're sitting looking behind you and then moving around um 
Mm-hmm. Would you follow this around the interior of this this place to get a good look at it? Oh, absolutely. So there's a a tapestry that paints a beautiful jungle, dense with creatures, and you can see ethereal beings lifting dirts and water and from the ground beneath them, and then ethereal elements and vapors almost from the skies and they they craft six dragons and they release them onto this jungle and then you see the gods or the these deity these great beings depart from the surface and then very occasionally you'll see a smaller deity type form this kind of ethereal looking creature do that same kind of mixing and blending but primarily from the earth with these dragons watching over them as they create elves. And then you see a scene of mountains and you see them create dwarves and gnomes while these dragons watch over them. And then after many of the primary races that you know have been created from the earth, you see these beings depart, these six various colored dragons You see a couple of them shift from dragon forms into humanoid forms, working in these groups of people and these cities that are shown. And then it ends at the end with the dragons kind of flying off and leaving this jungle landscape. And this actually, at this point, it's not a jungle, but it's a forest of trees leaving this forest. And there's a large city of white polished stone and marble that as you kind of come around this corner, it takes your breath away um, because it is a very clear depiction of Gwayer as it stood in its infancy inside the Weissmanor Forest and you've only heard descriptions or seen artists renditions of it in a book um, but you've heard it described to you multiple times um, I don't think you would have seen it in your youth I think you were too far in is that correct just yeah, clarifying out of character so yeah. you've heard descriptions of it. This is the most matching description you've ever seen. It kind of stops you dead in your tracks for a moment as you realize what you were looking at and that you see the city of Gwayer like out in front of you on this tapestry and take your breath away for a moment and stare at it and then you look to the side and you realize you're now near where your friends are. <laughs> oh, here we are again. And that's where it ends, right? Yes, that's where it ends. Okay. Story, I suppose. Hmm. Digging will walk up behind you. Lost in thought. <laughs> Always. It's uh, history on the walls. Does any of it look familiar to you? No. <laughs> Me neither. You should be careful. Why? Being lost in thought in the woods is dangerous. <laughs> it's true. Or we uh, down below, I suppose, I could be just as easily gobbled up by a, a predator for many my idleness. <laughs> there are many out there. Oh, really? Yes. We need to be careful. Well, I suppose if we have to fight a 
Jaguar or something like that, then uh, we have a good 300 people. I think we'll be all right. Arak takes uh, an extra uh, mug and uh, or whatever it is that they might be drinking of and uh, carries it over to Soren and hands it to him. He says, uh, Soren, these uh, people are similar to yours. Do you... Indeed. Do you know anything about them? I, I saw you look at this this great art. Does this, any of this bring any little, memories? I mean, of stories told and accounts of history from, from books and things like that, but no, nothing from my experience. No, I... This was all long before my time. This is... No, this is before, you know, him, before the faceless, before all of that. This great city, what, do you know that? What, what is it? Do I know anything about the people out here, other than, like... I, I meant the, the actual painting, or the... Oh, oh, I yeah. don't think I would know anything about that. Um, okay. Yeah, just looking up at it. No, I've... I didn't, I didn't even know this place existed. I thought we were gone. I thought all of us were gone, and here we are. It's a lot to take in. Don't get me wrong, I'm happy about it. It's wonderful, but it's a lot. I, I would slightly add a character interject that you do know the wood elves of the Charolais kingdom survived the onslaught of Buraz. They were closely okay. related to the high elves but they pretty much retreated deep into the Wastemanor Forest and have lived similarly to this. Um, they avoided most of the conflict, but the majority of the elven population, as you know, it was wiped out like this. And you would be correct, this Kutalan jungle society has been mm. unknown to exist. It's been very okay. well hidden. There's been maybe some tales and rumors of it, but you've always heard in passing that there was a, some elven tribe. You didn't think it was anything like this. Got it. Dick and I'll, I'll speak up as you guys are having your conversation. Extinction only happens when every living party is deceased. Yes. I suppose technically right, which is your one and only setting, I suppose. <laughs> Diggins' point. The search should never be over if you exist. Ah. Uh -huh. Oh, yes, I suppose you're all right. Just like Diggins. <laughs> it's like you. Huh. Is anyone... I don't know if you would know this. Is anyone hunting you? Or has anyone? Probably. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> I had a slight moment of panic when he said that as, as Poopy. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it was a joke. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> I keep telling you all. He's very funny. You should give him a... <laughs> no idea. You guys note as you're carrying on this conversation and talking, 
most of the dinner guests in this region have stopped eating and everybody's standing up to walk out the balcony area the, oh, there's a balcony. The rampart, like not the balcony, sorry, the yes. rampart that in, <laughs> encircles this this tower, like this eating area. It is a room, but there is a walkway on the outside, and everybody is quietly making their way to the exit now. We're in Ewok Village. For the uh, for the veil, is it like it's, that time of day? It is definitely um, going outside. <laughs> yeah, Tarab joins. I think it's. Well. Uh, I think it's time. Again awkwardly follows after same you watch as the entirety of the village has taking a quick glance outside in the in the last lights of the veil you can see that the entire village is standing outside of whatever place they were gathered at the smallest group you can see is maybe 20 people but everybody's with a group of people for a meal that they share together and the group of them all stands out on their respective walkway kind of balcony areas um, as the veil draws across the Orion and sends us into night. And a low, humming, almost throat-singing drone kind of begins with Kiyoki and spreads across the entire village, lasting about 30 seconds or so as the veil closes and then it stops suddenly are there any recognizable words in the song no there are no recognizable words seems much more ritualistic as everybody closes their eyes briefly for a very short quiet prayer thought inward reflection as the village collectively breathes a sigh of relief just the end of this ritual and you see lights begin to appear as not really torches per se but small stones atop little rock pillars you'd seen a few of them thought maybe they were anchors for something to tie down as you'd seen sinew wrapped around them but you see a few of the villagers just walking up and touching them and activating these little light stones that glow bioluminescently almost in this blues and greens there's no moss or anything on them but there is some sort of enchantment to the rocks as they put this almost starlight evening across the village the natural light would have much would have kept this place shrouded in secrecy but this very much blends in with the canopy and the, the light from the moons coming through the canopy this just slightly enriches it where you're all in a dim light environment rather than being in total darkness. And everybody turns inside and begins to clean up most of what's left of dinner. Um, there are various drinks still available and people kind of start to break off into smaller groups and visit. When Falon comes to the group of you and says, if you would come with me, Kiyoki would will speak with you now. Who's our leader? Should our leader talk? Be the one who's talking. Our leader? Talk to their leader? leader. I don't think there is a leader. We all have equal partners. Yes, there is no leader. It is us, comrade. (laughs) (laughs) The the Midnight Parliament is a communist organization. (laughs) (laughs) We... Uh. (laughs) Um, Never mind. Before we leave, 
uh, I'd like to just stop and hesitate by the dragons on the tapestry. Is one of them blue? Mm-hmm. Give me a second. I don't want to be incorrect. I don't want to be incorrect here. <laughs> I didn't even I think. I didn't six even think of this. Six. This is this is deep knowledge that's not even on the World Anvil page. This is like in my <laughs> my Google notes in different places. This is commission it. There is a of the six dragons that are there, there is a bronze, a green, a black, a white, silver, and red. There is no blue dragon. I continue walking with the group after looking at it for a uh, moment. Of note, um, give me an investigation check while you're while you're kind of digging in deep on this one a little bit. Oh, big money, big money. No whimmies. No whimmies. Uh, okay, okay. 18. 18. So all of these dragons, when they when they rest, they're a couple of them are sitting in a few places, and they sit almost like dogs not on their forelegs they have they do have four limbs so they're not wyverns but they sit back and kind of clasp their center hands together almost like this um that's a hand over hand um as if i'm trying to describe this as best i can as if you were to slide your arms into both sleeves of like a long sleeve shirt so you would be hand over hand um heading up your arms um and then they do have the the brow ridges on them are much more pronounced to a point where the back two ridges that kind of come off they extend all the way around the crown of the head and they come off into long almost looking like horns but they don't come up into like a sharp point like a horn they kind of extend out with the ridges a bit and then they flow back into hair off the back of the head so they are the dragons, dragons. Have hair. The dragons have hair coming out of the back of the top of this crown on their head. It's made from the ridges around the tops of them. That's rad. Very neat. When and um, then, uh, sorry, when when you described, you said the the major races were created. Um, so, do we see anything that looks like? elves that had a purplish or a different sort of hue as well or they just races as we know most of them right now you do not see any elves with any different colored hues besides um there is a there is a whiter high elf created and then further down the canvas you see them splitting into a more tanned wood elven group um sorry walk that back it's the whiter elves like the paler skin and the wood elves that come from a single tribal elf that represents these people okay. so these were the first elves if you're looking in in chronological order on the tapestry i'm trying to remember this big tapestry in my head <laughs> uh, in chronological order the first elves that are created are this group of elves in the jungle here um the almafea oh. and then oh, from them from this tribal group of elves, they were very nomadic in the first portion of the tapestry. As they began to settle, they set. Excuse me. Ooh, pick up too. Wow. They settled as a, <laughs> as a group of high elves 
and the wood elves and the Almafea were not depicted in the Weissmanor forest at the end of the tapestry. We take in all these sites as we follow um, follow along. Do I see Maximil look at the tapestry real quick? Yeah, and Felon stops next to you too. Yeah, you do see her looking. Yeah, I'll, I'll go over there real quick of interest and just take a quick gander at their the dragon's eyes. Yeah, just special interest. Kind of scan through them real quick and just. See what their eyes look like. Two of them are blue like yours. The um, black oh, dragon and uh, the black dragon and the green dragon both have bright blue eyes. That's it. Um, last question oh. from me. Looking around, are there are there young people here? Younger like elves? Or yes. Like, yeah. There's there's a few of them. Yeah. Absolutely. You guys have seen. I mean, do um, they all not oh. look like they're mid twenties? You have seen so <laughs> fair. You the elves do mature like humans do. You have seen a few that resemble children in the age range of eight to fourteen. Okay. So there are some younger actual youth that may have been born in the last you know 15 years or so but beyond that it is very difficult to tell um yeah so Falan notices you guys all kind of looking and he says you can uh in, enjoy the art a little longer if you want that is a bit of history there for you looking for it it depicts the your creation of all all races from the the womb of Kutala all the way to at that end pointing to the other side the the founding of Gawarira the founding of what now of Gawarira the I think that's Gawarira how you say <laughs> oh yeah yeah right. Gawarira yes yes Okay, that makes sense. That is not how Diggins says that. <laughs> you have all been saying it very wrong, then. It's unfortunate. Diggins doesn't uh, know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. The language has changed over time. That is the city of Gawaira. Should we... Do you want us to tell people that's how it's correctly pronounced, or should we keep well, no. that sort of that's, secret? That's, I, I do not, the city is destroyed from what we understand. It is. Very sad. To it? <laughs> um, this is, so this is, uh, fairly common recent history knowledge. Gotcha, um, okay. Yeah, I this is the, the destruction of the Sarah city. I not knowing, or... Maximil not okay. I just want to make sure Maximil very much should know this um, for those that have not read history on I mean why hasn't everybody read the history of Sororion <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, so out of character your characters all have um, intimate knowledge with this this is very recent history akin to 
World War II and the real world. This is that close. It's about 120 years ago, I think it started. But a a person by the name of Faraz, um, Faraz the Corrupter, um, had a, an item, and he started the what was known as the War of the Faceless, and he had captured a whole bunch of armies as he was making his way towards Gwyer, and really kicked off the war by essentially magically nuking Gwyer from orbit and killed hundreds of thousands and essentially wiped out the High Elven Empire. And the entirety of the war was him trying to kill off elves. Okay. Kind of yeah. out of character question. Yeah. But you've, you've used that phrase, nuked it from orbit a few times. Is that <laughs> what happened? Like, was it, was it a, in space? It was a he... huge blue magical beam that uh -huh. seemed to come from the stars itself. Just shoot. Okay. Because I remember the there very... was an explosion, but I do not remember if it specifically came from, like, space. The, the headcanon head okay. art is him standing on a rock outcropping, holding up the, the Aether Mirror, channeling this magic, and then something um, from space. Actually, most notably, it came primarily from the moon Iovis, but he channeled power and blew up Gwyer. That's not good. Yeah. Cool. Good to know. It was very bad. Yeah. Yes. So it was, was, it was very much like satellite beam. Of the campaign. Yes. But yeah. So I, I, so that's how you pronounce it. I totally misspelled that um, in my notes. Okay. Oh, Gwyer? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's, he's if um, you ask Felon to spell it, he'll like spell it the same way. And I'll put it in out of character so you guys can see it. Um, he'll spell it the same way, but he pronounces it. Um, Gawaira. That's cool. It's very like filigreed elven writing. It looks very pretty. My Discord keeps popping, and I have like the notification. Usually, the notifications are turned off because I can see it on my other screen. But since I'm I'm out of commission on and down to one monitor, <laughs> I keep tabbing back, going, "Is someone DMing me?" But he will uh, he'll lead you all on to see Kiyoki if you have any more questions. Onward. Yep. Onward. You guys are taken across a couple of the bridges between canopies and trees. Um, they, they, you look at them and you can see how they've, they look almost crafted, but as you hold on to them, you realize that the vines are coming from the trees behind you and have been grown out and lashed two vines from another tree. Um, with the addition of some reinforcements on the, the steps below you, some wood interlaced into the vines. But it, it's terrifying to look at. You've been walking over them for the day, but it, it's still very much for you all to get used to as you look forward and you see this very rickety-looking vine bridge. But as soon as you step onto it, it, it feels like you're walking on a solid platform. They're very, very sturdy. But 300 pounds a... of metal sturdy? Yeah, they hold you. Okay. <laughs> barely, barely, like the creaking about as much as they would elsewise. You, you see groups of like twenty or thirty people crossing these things at the same time. Like your entire group Sweet. crosses them with no issue. How high over the edge are we? Like you are about hundred and fifty, and depending on which, like, bridge you're on, anywhere between hundred to hundred and fifty feet in the air. Okay. I'm just, okay. I'm gonna so bounce down. on it a little while to like. Oh, cool. Oh, <laughs> And Esmail, please I, do not I, do this. I, 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 we. 
If you all like to play games like oh, children do, if we all swing one direction, we can turn oh, it over. No, 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 please. Yeah. <laughs> please no. Wait, really? Oh. Please. This is fun. Oh, if it weren't for the panthers, I would be sleeping on the floor of the jungle. Oh. Don't do that. Oh, no. Here's, here's some I'm holding on to Doran's leg. Like, the teenage ones are like just swinging it, trying to get it going. Oh, I, I wish I turn. that's what the the, the the teenagers turn, I look at them, and they get a death glare from a dragon. Just And I'm just like peeking over his shoulder like, hey. <laughs> Digging grabs a scythe and just starts swinging with it. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> um, so they don't run, but they both look a little terrified. <laughs> they do look to you a little scared. All right, that is enough children. Uh, let us let us continue on. Yes, it's yes, very good fun. Yes. You turn it upside down, and then it builds good upper arm strength because you have to like. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, 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 no! You wouldn't like that. It seems like a good, you know, exercise. Yes, please. Of exercises it is. I don't need that. <laughs> right. My scaly friend, I I thought dragons like heights and those flying. with wings. Uh, yes, I think inwardly <laughs> when they can fly. Yes. <laughs> Well, anything can fly, just for a short period of time. Uh, that isn't it's flying. That is the problem. That is just falling without style. Without <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, but you will go through, you. go through two of the bridges to get to a, uh, you get to possibly the highest platform you've seen at this point. Besides uh, some of the very small dwellings, but of the larger platforms, this is one of the tallest ones. It has great open windows and a very open top um, showing the sky above. And as you kind of enter, you get a, a big smell of incense burning from inside of this this uh, temple, as it were. Um, looking up through the branches that make up the ceiling here, you can see that the moons, kind of once you get closer to the middle, fit really within a tracked pattern um, of the vines above you. And there's a large central opening where if the veil was pulled back, the sun would be shining directly through. This is very keenly situated at the top of a tree and the top of the tree has been grown to the side of it so it doesn't obscure. And the, the canopy above has been cleaned away so that the moonlight can shine directly into this hutch. And in the center, performing some rites over incense and prayer, and she has a few things out around her, is Kyoki. And um, Felon lets you all in and says something in the native tongue. And Kyoki responds back, and then she responds in common. Yes, Alola, I will be with you all in just one moment, please. Thank you very much. Can I, can I try and determine what, what they're saying to each other in the, the old elvish? Um, yeah, make a... Hmm. Ooh, this is going to be tough. So this is going to be a two-part check for you. Okay. Um, Because you kind of are translating put together. So an insight check first, and then a perception check as well. Actually, okay. Ooh, insight nice. and history. Let's make it insight okay. and history. Uh, so 24 on insight and... Dang. 22 on history. Dang. Oh, wow. Nice. So, um, so you get the gist of the message. Um, yeah which they they refer to you as the travelers nothing 
nothing insulting or anything. Um, and he just refers to her as Blessed One, um, which would close to priestess or you know, just a status title. Nothing more, but he says that I've, I've brought the travelers to see you as you requested, and she thanks him and you know, wishes him blessings. And you know, he ducks up with her. So, very, you know, nothing too out of the ordinary. And it seems right. a little more formal than most of the other interactions you've kind of picked up on. Uh, but it doesn't seem out of the ordinary at all. Is there any sort of like, uh, like physical part to this this interaction? Like, is there like a, a handshake or a bow or anything like that? Like some sort of cultural thing? He nods a bit, but he doesn't actually. She doesn't look up at him. Um, okay, it's just a very quick conversation. Um, cool. That was it. Okay. So she finishes what she was doing, um, seems to be some sort of prayer over the incense, and you, with that insight in history, as you're listening in, you pick up that it's really just a, a prayer to Eovis and Vikitter. Um, it's hard to really catch those names as she pronounces them strangely as well. Um, it's like Vakaichie and um, Eovias are just these very strange the syllables are too long and in the weird wrong place and then you kind of put two and two together and you're like yeah i'm sure she's talking about the moons but she's yeah she's doing a prayer to the moons um, and a small ritual oh the coif is gone got too toasty i'm assuming oh, no my ears are killing me oh that's gonna be bad i'll get old yeah. yeah came off i was waiting for break but um, couldn't make it yeah. But it might quite make it. Um, but after that, she she turns and she nods to all of you. Please, friends, have have a seat on the, you know, the like we sit everywhere here. As you know, there's no chairs, which I'm sure you are all accustomed to. But you may have a seat on the floor, please. And there's um, a couple of people helping out in here, and they bring over pitchers of water. There's no alcohol in here or teas, um, but there are wooden cups and clay pots of water that are available for you all uh, just to have a drink as you all kind of sit um yeah she looks all over the lot of you and uh i i have to know i i know this one and she points to penelope um elric and i spoke briefly of somebody who was going to be coming to help him and he said that he had specifically requested a very bright young pupil that was uh, a young lady with long rabbit ears. And I, I have not seen a rabbit folk in many years, and I have to believe that that is you, Miss Penelope. Yes. 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 Correct. So, do you know what Elric was studying? Do I? Do you remember? Do Make a um, make a history check for me. Yeah, Elric was um, Elric was studying these ancient elven ruins up here, and that's why you were given that metallic object the thing. with the seven points coming off of it. Um, that was one thing that was sent back from either his. There's there's a team of investigators that have been 
studying in this region for many, many years, most recently having been able to pick it up again. Um, and that was your assignment, was to come assist Elric in any way he needed. But, yeah, he's obviously no longer available. Um, yes, he he was studying um, specifically the Wauti ruins, which are near here, and as you can tell, very infested. That when is. was the last time you saw him? Oh, we checking my notes here. Heck, did you guys show up there? There we go. Oh, we saw him last, uh, almost. Fourteen days ago. Oh wow, I'm I'm very worried. Um, and I take out the the little token that Malaria gave me, and I I show it. I said, um, this is the last thing that um, he has given us on our side. Do you know anything about? Where did you this? get this? Um, Elric had sent it over to the to the academy. Yeah, I saw a hand up from Maximil. Yeah. Is that this thing? Do I recognize that? As yes. Music? You recognize that immediately. Um, Nate, did I have you do art for that on the sly? I know we talked about it. Uh, you, you, um, I, you sent me I a picture. I was going to, yes. I had my very, but very crappy MS Paint version. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might need a refresher on that because I have the, the Busat version. I never finished the full version of it. Okay. So I am going to put a copy of this. I can find it really quick. Um, into to, um, into the lounge. This is a very, very crappy version, but somebody is making a better version. These symbols are going, these symbols are subject to change because Ben is not the best artist, but he's really good at MS Paint. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I so... just want to give that <laughs> Yeah, I remember this. I just don't remember what the symbols were, but yeah, I had the um this let's see there yep so this what what penelope holds up is almost like a wire frame version of this um it's about in the center spoke that's about an inch tall there's like a almost a rod that comes out of it and then it goes into this wheel that's got seven symbols branching off around it um, with a different symbol at each end of it and when you pull it out, Kiyoki very quickly like grabs a piece of softened leather and then holds it out for you to set it on like a cloth. Um, it's something it to receive. And she, she kind of lays it on the ground. Do you, do you know where he found this? Or where, who found it? Elric said, did not say he had found something like this. All I know is uh, Elric had sent it over to our academy, and, and that's all I have. Uh, Mrs. Kiyoki? Yes? I, I also saw that symbol on a book in uh, certain elvish, draconic-esque ruins. There was a book, and it had that symbol on the cover. Uh, Pro Professor Oakbone was with me. I believe she was a uh, colleague of Mr. Elric. Um, yes, Bashok, yes? Yes, 
Yes, we had met with Bashok ooh, many weeks ago. How is she? Dead. She's not with us anymore. That is very sad. Um, yes, these are very dangerous places that they are investigating. As you can tell, the, the goblin infestation. This, this object that you have is part of a key. And a key in the literal sense. A key in the literal sense. It opens things. It guides you on the way. These depictions here, and she points out the seven symbols, these are, these are the ancient powers of our world. These are the these are the gods that our gods answer to, that your gods are, are report to. These are the prime the powers of our universe. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes, the well, that tapestry de- depicts the Orion you know, as it was being created, and the aspects were given to us to look out for our world. There was only six of them, that's because this one, and she points to the shorter of the the seven symbols um, you see on there. It's really a little hard to tell, but the middle top one is actually a little bit shorter than the rest of them. Yes, MS Paint skills, deal with it. <laughs> um, the the middle top one's a little bit shorter. And she says, this one, uh, this, this one was, was banished and not allowed into Siorion. It would have destroyed the world, so... There are six aspects that protect the world, uh, but we have, we do have respect for all the the prime elements, and the, the great powers of the universe that have brought us into being, and granted us all the wonders of the world that you see. But Elric was working to decipher a book that may have had the location of the other part of this key when he was taken with the book in his possession. I'm writing all of this down in my spell book. That's fine. Yeah, definitely take notes. I like notes. <laughs> it's for my but, report back to the Academy. <laughs> as, uh, as, as Felon told you with your the gift that you wear, Mr. Dorin. You know, the the magics of this place are bound to these places. And if this book that Elric had is not returned, it will crumble to dust and its secrets will be lost. What exactly oh, is at the location that they're trying to find? There are many primal and great magic spells and Will, uh, what would be the best way to put this? A, um, it, a, I know this is an American English word and I feel bad for using it, but a Rosetta Stone of magic. This is the information here is the basis for all magic in the world, is what I everything was wide. built on. Um, all the great secrets that may have been lost or have not yet to be discovered, or things that were once known that are now forgotten. All of those answers are here. And 
without something like this, we will never understand those things again. There was, there was a time before Buras, when elves had, had begun to tap into magic that could transport people across great distances in the blink of an eye. Yes, the lost of, lost art of teleportation. Yes, and people have tried very hard to learn these things again, but if we were to get this book, I know that is why Elric was so interested in studying it, and Busat has been sending great scholars to meet with us in secret, as we do not want our location known for good reasons. These are great powers that should be protected. But some of these things should be known for the benefit of all. And especially before the enemies of all could find them. There have been terrible rumors from my scouts that the undead have begun to creep into these places and seek these powers as well. Well, you're perfect. I don't have to feel any remorse then. The undead are what took Professor Bishok. I would not be surprised. She was over on Fontanui ruins, which is more west, and they have been coming from the west, is what we have seen. Do you know why? We do not know whether there is some great evil that is awakening the undead on the western coast of Kutala, or if they are just waking up themselves. We don't know. And you said it's been 14 days since any sight of Elric. Yes, but the one thing that Elric has going for him is anybody else who tries to translate that book is going to need years of study just to understand the basics, and he knows and understands the language, so I don't think they would kill him yet. I was thinking are the, the same undead thing. Capable of, are the undead capable of such distinction? Would they well, know I do he not, knows that? I don't care? believe the undead took him. I think it was these, these ivory phantoms. We don't know for and sure then, if the undead are the ivory phantoms quite yet. There's, I would not be surprised. Yes. There are undead that live in your Mylatona in Fort Rowing. Like what sort of undead? Like the the touched, the the not living. Right, but like zombified or a vampiric or what sort of? Uh... No, they. They are they are just touched. Okay. They're touched by souls what? by death. You uh, there are many secrets in the jungle, but one thing that we knew a long time ago was that souls don't always find their way to call it um some of you call it Nomatathra, this place of afterlife of rebirth and living again. The the great evil creatures, the liches and the whites and the the undeads that the ghosts that come back and haunt places, these are souls that have not left Siorion. Right. And sometimes their soul can find its way back to the body with enough prayer if it is unfinished and cannot leave life. Um, you know, there are good friends of of everybody that, uh, that I, I have 
I have a couple of scouts who have made their way as far as Fort Rawing and have, uh, you know, spoken with a beautiful young woman there who seems very young woman. She's been a young woman for quite some time now, but, you know, Meribel has made a good name for herself cooking good foods for all of her friends and has, you know, she died many years ago. Does anyone else know this? There are big stigmas in your culture around the undead, thinking that they are all evil. Right, of course. But lost but souls do not always want what she is. Mm, I don't think so. Can't. Lost souls do not always want to leave. They are not finished with the business that they have come here to do, and they are not ready to be reborn yet. Potentially, could a lost soul? fake their death if they were already dead i don't see why not there's their organs don't really work anymore that's why they are that's why they are the touched they are dead but they are not dead but they are not undead servants they are not zombified or skeletal creatures that do the bidding of another master they are they are touched their soul has departed and returned and we wouldn't be able to tell the difference it's very hard to tell the difference. It, it requires at least somebody of, of a divine nature to be able to look at them and determine if they are really undead. Is this why they didn't want me to talk about the undead? I think that was with more us? No, I think it's more stigma. just because it's unsightly. It's yes. stigma that she was referring to. In Maidatona, I'm sure. There's, there's plenty of undead that live in Maidatona. The touch live there as well. Great fishermen that's uh, seeking. I, I know of two fishermen who who caught a fish that must have weighed some two or three hundred pounds that they've been trying to catch for the last at least sixty or seventy years. It migrates up the coast. I see them once every every two years or so. They stop in for a visit. And this is just a a, a secret that you people alone in the woods keep for yourselves, um, that no one else knows about. They do. But that is why they, when they find the undead, they curse them as witches and evil sorcerers that have learned foul magic, and they they take them to be communicated and destroyed by the church and various religious organizations. Your holy men do it all the time. They turn the undead away. They destroy them, and they, they kill them off very quickly. They have great power over these creatures because soul is still bound by the laws of the natural world so you and you call them the touched and some yes. of the touched are much like the living yet some are very different like the zombified one or the vampiric yes. you mentioned do you know why it is so why some undead seem to keep their living there are, there are some that as i said come back through great Predator. some people don't have there are there are wonderful magics available in the world that are able to to take people who have died recently and to channel great magic into them and bring them back to life fully but not everyone has well, there are ones like maribel that simply didn't finish what they were started Yes, and those ones, the touched, come back through through the cries of anguish of their loved ones when there is not a priest or a cleric 
to cast a resurrection on them properly. These ones come back through through the cries of their friends and family who reach them as they try to depart this world. And they instead return and decide to finish what they didn't. Do you know... What is the what is it, the time frame here? How long? It it, it all depends on it back? all depends on the soul. Do you have any of the touched living among you? There are a couple who live here. Um, Felon is touched. During all of this, Diggins like sitting in the middle of the floor, just like eyes, trying to like find something, just like scattering looking down towards the ground and just like stops and then I'll look up to her what type of prayer um well any prayer I it it could be anything um, I have heard of mothers who have come back until their children have grown because their their child finds them dead and cries out for their mother to return they have had good friends who I have known that you know, they have cried out when their lovers have died and they have not come back. And I have others who their enemies have cried out that they were not the ones to vanquish them. And that has been enough. It, it all depends on the, the desire of the soul and the person or peoples that are calling out to them. Unfinished business. Very much unfinished business, yes. And is this something that has been happening since the ancient times? Or is this something that has started to happen more recently? She's going to think, and I'm going to have you roll an insight check for her. Because this is... I'm going to let you just go ahead and roll a d20 and we'll add her, her plus seven insight. Uh oh. Oh. I want to see it. There it is. Okay, so for a 10 can, total can, can for her I, insight Can check. I use my inspiration for insight? Yes, you can. <laughs> nice. All right. All right, go ahead and roll it again. Good so she geez. gets a, a plus 7. And this roll is a 13 for <laughs> 20. Oh. All right. That uh, baby oh, making side... inspiration. <laughs> yes. <laughs> side note, <laughs> I did add the reroll and DM reroll two channel points. They're high amount of channel points. Oh. So, oh, nice. Redemption. Yes, so you All can right. redeem right. them so we can have a little fun with those. Cool. Oh, yeah, they are a lot. Means you gotta watch. <laughs> Win oh, the predictions. Man. You can I'm pay $5 or you can use the channel. I'm getting there. I can almost buy one for myself. I'm going to get one. <laughs> <laughs> and add it to the pool. Um, so she'll think for a moment. We have noticed that since the defeat of Boraz, there has been an increase in touched that have the words of these touched have made their way to our ears. <sighs> and that, that very well could be you know, because the sky is still shattered. You know, it... Does there appear to be a center for, from which the touched originate somewhere where there's more of them than other places? 
That does not appear to be. The problem appears to be the way home to Nomatatra. And yeah, look. And she grabs a bowl of water in this wooden, um, uh, this very distinguished kind of carved wooden bowl um, that has a bunch of like rose petals and different plants carved onto the sides of it. This used to be a way that we could communicate with other places very far away. Um, the water. Mo most, most people have not seen something like this. We used to be able to communicate with a place that was the plane from which all life was born from. This wondrous domain where gods themselves walked and created beings from the very essence of life. A very magical distant place. But if I try to contact them now, watch. And she takes a finger and just touches very gently in the center and it ripples out. Then you watch as these great blues and greens begin to wash over the water as if you're looking through a telescope trying to find something distant and bring it into focus. And it looks quite blurry as and it starts to come into focus slightly. It suddenly twists like a kaleidoscope and pieces of the colors shift and move in patterns and refract and garble up any essence of what this this picture should have been. Some, this has happened since since Boraz was destroyed and the sky became cracked. The the places that energy and magical power have gone to has been has been this been destroyed and made difficult and souls may be finding the same difficulties which is why we need your help specifically okay. with the Wauti ruins we need that book that book is important and I tell you my my scouts are very close to finding where the ivory phantoms are, are keeping Elric and we will send you to them soon but we hope that we can have a, as you said, exchange of goods and services as you are talking to my my peoples and teaching them. We do have a favor we would like to ask of you. A, a, a problem with souls not finding their way to Nomatatra is that great evil souls can also be trapped here. And there is this problem of these goblins who have made their way into these ruins, we have reason to believe that their leader uh, is is touched by a soul that was not hers. That some great evil has taken over that body and is attempting to use these ruins to her advantage. The touch don't have to... Well, that is a... So I'm understanding this. They can inhabit bodies that they do not possess. They... Or rather, they can take possession of other people. Yes. If the body... Think of think of the body as a... As a conduit for a soul to inhabit. And if there is no and soul... Point it, Diggin. Like him. Uh, I... I have never... I have heard of... Yurig and never studied them, but... I do not know. 
Do, do you have a soul, Metal Man? Megan kind of just like looks to everyone else. Is yes. Digan touched? Um, I don't know, but he has a soul. I know that. Same. She starts to cast a spell. I do not detect undeath on you, but I, I, in theory, if that is a suitable post for a soul, it's very possible. I don't know, unfortunately. <laughs> It's a interesting concept for sure. Yes. Something for the scholars, maybe. Sorry, mm -hmm. distracting. To the point, there's a goblin leader that you believe is touched. Yes, I, I believe this is a fell-touched individual. This is someone whose their own soul has not returned to this body. This vessel is inhabited by something of great evil. And it is, it, I believe it is trying to find secrets in these ruins to use to its advantage. But it is a, it is a place that many of us consider holy. And it is a place that only myself or my, my mate can visit. Others are, others are forbidden from stepping into the grounds themselves. That is why we ask you for your help. Do you want you us to protect deal the with secrets, that? But first before we find Elric? We believe he is quite Elric. he's, we believe he's quite far away, but my, I have scouts that have been out seeking him because he has this great book that we need to return to this ruin before it crumbles to dust. So we are trying very hard to find him and I guarantee we will find him faster than you could. My hope would be that we find him soon and we can escort you to where he is being held to save him. So, in the meantime, if you could clear out these ruins for us, we would be very grateful. Of course. I want to speak for everyone, but I think we can depart as early as the morning. Yes, as long as we get to have a nice rest here, I think that'd be pleasant. Absolutely, yes. I believe you have been shown to a to a, 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 an abode for yourselves, a place of staying. Yes. Oh, it was very yes. nice. Also, I called Top Hamish. <laughs> does she still have? Uh, <laughs> yes. Does she still have the bowl of water? Oh. Yeah, she does. It's no longer shimmering and changing colors or kaleidoscoping by any means. Digan just awkwardly, like, while all of this is conversing, stands up, just goes and touches the middle. Okay. You watch as Diggin comes forward, and you're going to touch the middle of the water? Yes. You put your finger out and reach forward. She looks to you momentarily, and then leans back a little bit. <laughs> as you reach and gingerly place a finger in the bowl, lift it out. The drop drips, sends a ringlet out to the perimeter of the bowl and nothing happens. That would have been very interesting. Did you, do you know how to cast this type of magic? No. Oh. Then of course it would not work. I apologize. It is a, it is a vessel for a spell. 
It is not inherently magical itself. I thought it was just the bowl. I'm sorry. It's... <laughs> oh no, the bowl is very beautiful. It was carved some some 300 years ago. It's it's quite nice, but it is it is a bowl. Digging all, kind of just like stare into the reflection of the bowl. Kind of get lost. Like nudge digging. Lost in thought. No. Not quite. Hey. Good. Can't have you getting lost. <sighs> I don't know about you all. I'm tired. <laughs> yes, it has uh, been quite an eventful day. Um, you have you have learned many truths, and we hope that you would be kind with them to those that are trying to complete their business. And remember that some of the wondrous things that you find are are good to be used within the jungle, but Utala gives gifts, and as soon as they leave her bosom, they they begin to fade. Can we get our just... jacket back? Oh, yeah, he's got it back. Doran has the oh, jacket yeah. back. He gave it. He gave it back to you after <laughs> after he showed stolen. you. Give it back. The lawn's just outside, like throwing <laughs> horses everywhere. Right. <laughs> Give it back no, to the jungle. You get a pony. You get a pony. What I'm hearing is that we have to use it soon, or else Here. we won't be able to use it at all. Right. Yeah, we use it in the jungle or it disappears. So, who, who wants to see a horse fly 150 feet? Oh my god. Down. Personally, I was thinking more chucking it at goblins, but uh, teach its own. Uh, we do we do not know how long it takes for the the magic to fade, but we know that eventually it will fade. Um, that does not mean that the gift will not stay with you for some time, but eventually Kutala calls all of her gifts back home. But if there is any other questions I can help you with, I am I am at your disposal. Otherwise, I wish you the best of luck in, in cleansing the wealthy ruins of this great curse. Um, we will do our best. Okay. Were there any other questions for Kyoki? Said that one of the uh, one of the aspects were banished. Yes. What? Well, not the. There was no aspect created for for the the great primal energy that was banished. My the the legends are, are thin, but my understanding is that the gods had a great battle, and one of them was banished. From the, their seat of power and they were they did not get to become part of this wonderful circle of life and rebirth that we have here do you know why question i do not know why legend says there was a great battle and this this individual lost 
but living in Busat, would I know anything about like specifics of like the name or anything like that? Of the the one they're talking about. The oh, the individual, the one that got banished. Um, yeah. This is the first most of you are hearing. I can take a religion okay. check from anybody who's proficient in religion, and I don't think any of you are. But um, Jigen is. Yeah, uh, you are. Unless it was a part of the culture <laughs> of the city. <laughs> no, Jigen is not proficient in religion. Yeah, this is a the um. Yep, nobody's proficient in religion. Um, yeah, this nice. uh, this legend is the first you're hearing of this. Um, what would have caught you as interesting is that she called, she referred to these powers that created these aspects, these dragon aspects. You've heard of the dragon aspects before. There was legend that something made them, but it was never really a thing. This is really the first of your hearing, like, specifically, yes, there was a group of gods that all the gods we know and worship reported to. Like, there was somebody above them for sure, and there was seven of them at one point, and now there's six. Right. That was, this is really the first any of you had heard of that. And then in terms of religion, um, the world is full of varying deities and demigods even, and stories of mortals that have ascended to godhood that people worship in different places around the world. Um, so it's news to you that they all kind of go up the chain to somebody and that somebody at the top did create the dragon aspects to like the, the tapestry said that like helped create life on the planet. Um, that was all legend and lore. This is the first you've ever seen it drawn on a tapestry somewhere. But specifically, Soren, you very much have heard of aspects like visiting. There was um, a lot of talk of um, you would have specifically heard of just uh i'm trying to get back to my notes here um a dragon aspect by the name of brundoinem she was a um an aspect that was fond of the elves and had visited them multiple times and was mentioned a lot in their history um brundoinem is a name that would have been thrown around a little more often than even regular dragons and that's that's it in OOC chat. Cool. So there's no way Dragon Aspects. That. Yep. Dragon Aspects is not something you've uh is not something that's foreign to you, but the fact that they did have a maker, that's news to you. But it was all like most of it for you is stories passed down, all physical history and tapestries and writings and records of that was lost with wear. Okay. If there's anything else, Kyoki will happily answer your questions for you. Otherwise, we can retire for the evening. Diggins just circling, kind of figure eight style, finger in the water in the bowl. <laughs> what happens to a soul if it doesn't come back? It it goes to Nomatafra, is what most people believe and understand there is some afterlife, some some great cycle of rebirth where a soul uh, heard of woven religions that they believe that they, the afterlife is a place where you must toil and atone for your sins and the things that you have done wrong 
and you must labor intensely for many, many eons until you have earned your right to live again. Um, I know that some humans believe that Nomatathra is a place where you get to see your loved ones and reunite with them and spend time connecting with them before your soul is brought back into a new body. Um, some elves believe that their souls never leave Siorion as they are immortal and eternal, but we didn't see, no offense, um, Mr. Soren, but we didn't see a bunch of elf souls suddenly appearing as ghosts or anything like that, so I'm pretty sure that they may have been wrong and they did go to Nomatapra, but we never know. We don't really know. No one has those answers for sure. You said you could bring them back with prayer. Some people can. Maybe. Um, it, it depends a lot on the unfinished business of that soul and the, the pain or desire for those that are praying and crying out to them to bring them back. It's very circumstantial and there's, there's no concrete way to do it. The only ones who have figured it out is clerics and priests who know how to resurrect somebody and bring them back from the dead. I have heard story that those people could even pull a soul forth from Nomatathra and bring it back to their body. Um, as far as days later, I, I don't know. It is a field of study that is circumstantial and uh, incomplete at best. But if they don't get to this place, and they don't come back to the body, then what? It's where things like ghosts come from. Uh, I've, I've heard of undead creatures that are raced, that are souls manifest, that have ripped through into the corporeal realm and attack people out of vengeance and anger. And we've, we've seen and heard of all manner of undead creatures that have come back for vengeance or anger because maybe their soul was tormented because it could not find this place. I don't know. But I do know that those that are touched, that are not felt touched, um, and are trying to live peaceful lives, are usually trying to finish some unfinished business. And of this one that we're meant to deal with. It can be destroyed by problem. usual means. Yes. We believe so. Destroy the body and the soul will depart. Good. Sad. Very sad. Yes. But if there is anything else, otherwise, it is quite late and I would like to turn in. Belon will lead you back to the room where you are all sleeping, where there's been a wash basin laid out. Um, it's kind of a bathtub with a draw, like a like a. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of it like the folding panels that you can draw out to kind of put up a little bit of a barricade for you. A there's a, yeah, like a, a screen, a yeah, little bit of, of a screen, yeah. screen divider for anybody who wants to take a bath. There is warm bath water available for you. Um, and there's also like a little basin if you wanted to scrub clothes and um, those of you that are wearing clothes. And then for each of you, there was a, a garment laid out 
for each of you to be able to sleep in if you did like wash your clothes off and I want something to sleep in while they dry there's a there's stuff for you to be able to pajamas. take care of that I get very the, excited the over cozy. the pajamas <laughs> yes. there are like very nice pajamas <laughs> they are all, all right, tailored to, they're all tailored to fit you all and strangely even for Penelope there is a, a very short tiny set and it seems like somebody this afternoon quickly hemmed up the legs to make it so it would fit. Yes. That's cute. I'm going to hit typical... Soren as hard as I can with a pillow. Oh my god. <laughs> so, who wants to play two truths, one lie? I, I do have oh, pillow fight combat rules. Because <laughs> That's right. There, there, there is, because there's a... We had a player in one of my other games who... Um, there is a head cannon that at one point, like he, someone wrote a slogan up that said Oxy punches babies. So at some point I had to work out for him to punch a baby. So I like researched and came up with a pillow fighting rules. And I decided that there was a town in Siorion that they have a yearly pillow fight with the whole city. And I was waiting for him to like get there and roll a natural one and then screw up and punch a baby. Oh my God. I need you to tell me where this town is right now. Oh my God, it's, amazing. It's, it's down in Gretel and it's down on the Southern continent. In the right. plutocracy. To hell with this Elric dude. Whatever he's got going on sucks for him. We're going. Oh my god. <laughs> baby maker to baby puncher. <laughs> but um, that's a. It seems like a good point to take a break. Is it a long like, rest or a short rest? This would be a long rest, but um, if we want to take a quick five-minute stretch for our people here, I know some people have been ready to go to the restroom. That's um, right. We can go on break. Break time. Sounds good. Hello, we're back. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> let's, back. let's continue, shall we? We can come right back. So we left off heading to bed after a evening of rest um, in the city that has a name, I promise. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, in um, Bayenta. Uh, after you guys had had the uh, had a bit of a rest and respite and got a good meal with the the inhabitants, the Almafea. but um, you awake the next morning and you actually wake up to kind of the same familiar sound you had the night before, where the um, the elves had gathered up. They also gathered up in the morning for those of you that woke up before uh, the dawn and the receding of the veil. But they're all outside to greet the morning. It is currently the 18th of Caspiel, and uh, you hear higher pitched tones, not the throat singing drone that you kind of heard the night before, a little bit more of an airy singing as they greet the dawn and then begin to go about their day. There is not a communal breakfast like there was the large community dinner last night. Um, you see a lot of people that just have um you know breads or fruit with them as they kind of snack and go about their morning chores and activities um there is a selection it's kind of slipped in past your door there's not really a solid doorway to this room more of a overhanging of heavy leaves that you can just kind of move out of the way and placed kind of inside your doorway is uh, some cutlery to open up some fruits that are available and a couple loaves of um, bread are available as well for you that's kind of set inside your doorway in the morning um what would you guys like to do anything particular to get ready before you leave 
Grab Stretches. and go. <laughs> yeah. Grab some veggies and fruits and start heading out. Okay. Put some in my bag. Make sure I'm all clean. Head out. Right. Hiding is messed up here. This is really weird. Give me just a hot second as I get you guys ready. I'm, I just have to reload the Foundry application. Something's bugged on my end. Felon gets with you in the morning as you all are preparing to go. And he says that I will, uh, I will take you to the ruins again this morning so you don't get lost in the woods on the way there. Quite a walk, and I, uh, I hope that none of the revelations that you had last night will hinder our relationship. I think you're all wonderful people. No, of course not. All right. Can I just really quick get a marching order from you guys, or whenever you enter, like this ruins as you get there? Back middle. Back middle. I guess, I guess, yeah, towards the front, I guess. Going to the front. Hey, I'd, I'd probably be leading the charge. <clears throat> I can bring up the rear. Okay. <clears throat> Sounds good. Kiyoki monitors you all as you leave. She doesn't really greet you. She's talking with a few people in town, but she makes a note to acknowledge you all as you leave and give you a wave and a bit of a bow as you take off um, from the city of Bayenta and make your way back into the Katala jungle. So, on our map, you guys weren't exactly quite sure where on the hex you were taken, hmm. um, but I will give you the general hex if I can get a survival check from our scout. So you get it with advantage. Thorin, if you can give me a survival check. Oh, that's me, right? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, determining your way back. Okay. Advantage. Ooh, okay, good. Uh, 16. Putting the marker out on the map for you guys now. You know, if you see it, should be right there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's approximately where Bayenta is. Um, it's a little bit difficult to find through the thick jungle canopy, um, but you're taken on a brisk, about three-hour walk southeast or southwest back to the Wildpea ruins. And as you get close, Felon says that remember, I can. I cannot join you in the ruins. It's a sacred place, and I will not go inside. But I will wait for you outside and monitor and alert you if there is any great danger coming to you from behind um, with one of these. And he pulls out this small spear from his back, and you can see a cartridge-looking thing lashed to the front of it, and it's got a blunt tip. Um, very much as opposed to the long, sharpened, feather-adorned spear that he's carrying on his other hand. Uh, this will make a very loud sound, uh, an explosion. If you will, if you hear it, you should probably run outside very quickly. 
All right. That is the best that I can do for you while you're inside. I will throw it into the tunnel so it echoes outside for you, but you will be able to hear it soon. Thank you. Very thoughtful. All right. I'll uh, cast Mage Armor on myself as we... We're, like, at the entrance now, right? Yep. You are looking at the overgrown kind of portal entryway. There's two stone pillars that are covered in moss and vines and a lot of vines overhanging this entryway that descends down into the ground. Uh, it's very difficult to spot just through the thick canopy of trees, but once you get to it, you note, again, the small kind of clearing. There's a few heads on spikes from the goblins and the right. decapitated corpses of the guards that lay at your feet as you get right. close. But scouting around the exterior, there's no activity yet. Um, it's fairly early in the morning still. Um, you guys are about... 10 a.m. Okay. <sighs> All right. Uh, Go ahead. I um offered to uh, do pass without trace again for the group as we enter. Shall we do that? Ooh. Are we trying to be sneaky or are we just trying to go in and knock some goblin heads? Well, well, I think sneaking maze. in if they are asleep. Anything that we could surprise. use. That's exactly right. Any advantage that we can ha create for ourselves will be good. All right. Go for it, Drak. Very well. All right. So Tarak um, does his usual spell cast where he puts his hands together and as he extends them out a, a veil of shadows and silence radiates out from us making us uh invisible and and silent to all around and giving us a plus 10 on um, dexterity stealth checks excellent all right <laughs> sneaking and then i need stealth checks from everybody please <laughs> 37 Oh, no. oh dear. 27. <laughs> 14. 20. 20. Oh, come on. 14. <laughs> yeah, I guess 37. Well, you do, with, uh... you do <laughs> yeah. get plus 10. Yep. Yeah. Wow. The majority of you did make a great stealth check, so you, you don't alert anybody Wait. on your way in. Um, since the group was able to sneak in, you don't make any huge noise on your way in. It looks like Doran, Tarak, and Maximil all are about to trip over the exact same bones yeah, right. and pile of stones <laughs> near the entrance. And Sword and Diggin are like, no, over it. And you all eventually make your way down into the Wauti ruins um, at the southernmost portion of the map. Now remember as well, um, we do not do any bordering of the walls in this because we want everybody to feel like we're at the same table and there wouldn't be wall borders you couldn't see over. So you do get the full map for now. Oh wait, I added that sweet new fog thing, didn't I? I was gonna say you have the central fog uh, order. The new fog thing. Shoot. There's a new fog thing? Because I can do this. Wait, one. 
<laughs> we don't see you, dear. Now you can't see. And now I can do cool stuff. Right. Hey, I'm blind. They, somebody made a module that allows you to paint like foundry. Oh, cool. oh that's neat. Cool. I'm gonna have but, to use that later. That's, that's very cool. Oh, it's so good. This is an absolutely dark place. Um, there are cobwebs hanging in the corners, and you can smell the sweet, rancid smell of meat overlaying the dust and debris, like just the dirt and age that gets into the back of your throat. But very quickly, the scent of rotted meats and rancid creatures uh, fills your nostrils as well. Coming in, you are batting cobwebs and dust out of your eyes, except for Penelope. Creatures of the same height are maneuvering through this place and making it a little easier to explore. Um, but taking a glance on the inside, you see a lot of goblin feet or footprints fresh in the dust. Um, it is a fairly dirty entryway. It's not super clean by any means. Um, Maximil and Penelope catching your eyes on the entryways in as the walls have some carvings and language written onto them that in a few places the dust is very well caked in, but a lot of it you can... Uh, actually, both of you make an investigation check for me as you kind of glance at these walls coming in. 22 for Penelope, Maximilian 9. nine. Maximilian, you see the runes and recognize them as some of the language you had seen before. And Pippi, you get a really close inspection of them as you're making your way past, and you can see the brush marks as someone's scraped away ages of dirt and dust that have caked into these runes and covered up a lot of the writing that used to be here. So this is definitely a place someone has meticulously worked through to clear out things to be legible just in this entryway here but you hear not a whole lot coming from beyond the interior the earth doesn't really settle it seems almost dead silent kind of beyond where you're at and Doran I've got you at the lead right Doran's gonna move up until he spots a door and he's gonna try and call back. There is a door here. Just awkwardly right next to him. You don't have to yell. <laughs> Pippi. What would you like to do? That goes. Sorry. Pippi, move. <laughs> I, <have> <laughs> I was going to say, can you can you send in your friend? I can. Out of the door. Wait, can I? Is there like enough of a gap there? Um, how big of a space can Puff fit into? Um, he's tiny, so probably like this much. Could be able to squeeze under the door. <laughs> his first glance. He's not it. a full-sized rat. He's a dwarf rat. Could <laughs> be able to squeeze under the door frame. It is pretty old. Yeah, right. I'll send him. Let me pull up out for you. Hello. So, 
Puff's, oh or Penelope's eyes roll back as Puff makes his way into the room. And you get a look around. Um, does Puff should have dark vision. He's a rat. Just double check. Make sure you would think, but cats don't. He does. I heard about that. Is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like cats in general Puff. or cat people? No, no, cats don't, yeah. but cat people do. Figure oh. that one out. I know. Yeah, <laughs> so Someone just doesn't like cats, apparently. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Puff does have vision to be able to see in here. Um, in muted grays, you see thick cobwebs covering the entrance here. Um, most of this area has been um, more or less left alone. Um, there may have been something here before, but being the easiest room to access just inside the entry... Whatever was here has been long since stripped away. Um, there's a lot of dirt, some some footprints moving around through the dirt in here as well, but nothing of note. It's almost a bare room. There's nothing in there. And we should keep going. All right. Let's go. I'm up to another hallway of about 20 feet. Or eh, 30 feet. I, like I can how count blocks. Alright, I want to stealthily peek my head around the corner first before stepping out. Here, what's your dark vision range? Oh, I don't have dark vision range, but I was just, for for stealth, I got an 18 plus 10, so 28. Okay, so <laughs> um, you have the blind leading up here who can't see anything. It is. Can I, I buy the blind? Point, <laughs> at this point, it's I pitch black. I make a tiny little light if you need it. I can also see in the dark. To some extent, obviously, but right. But they're gonna need to be able to see. If oh, I wanted that to rip better. Damn it! Oh, he's got <laughs> it. Hold on. I have. I ripped it. I <laughs> oh. ripped it in half. It's not forever. Lantern. I ripped off one of the lantern. lanterns. Yay! <laughs> Magic. So glad I got to do that. <laughs> yes. It's a uh, bullseye lantern, correct? Yep. Oh, cool. there you go. Although you have to turn me around because I'm facing the wrong direction. Yeah, there if you go. hold shift and roll your mouse wheel, oh, you can turn shift. It. Oh, okay. Or if you oh, use your yeah. arrow keys, you can shift arrow key and it turns you. Yeah. Oh. And you can also move with arrow keys. Great for keyboard shortcuts. Everyone's dancing. All right, you hold up the lantern and peek around the corner. Be a long hallway with a door. <laughs> About halfway up. And Doran, as soon as you make your way around this corner, you can hear a bit of snoring coming from that doorway to the left. With your snoring passive perception. From the doorway. Okay. Uh, I am going to douse the lantern. Okay. And I'm going to turn uh, toward my compatriots. I hear goblins sleeping in the next room in this hallway. Perfect. Do we just Let's charge get the in horses. there? What? They'll never suspect it. There's a horse loose in the dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> what are we supposed to do about it? I don't know. There's never been a horse loose in the dungeon. <laughs> 
we should still have pass without trace, right? Because I think it. Yeah. I'm reading it lasts yeah. an hour, so yeah, yeah. it stays We're on still you. Passing okay. without a trace. Um, oh. Would you like Dickon to take sneaking. the door? Uh, maybe Pippi uh, can send her little friend in there again, just to see how many there are. Say hello to my little friend. Tell Pippi to send her thing. Her thing. We need, we're going. We need Puff up front. Okay, he's going. He scoots through all of you and up to the front and under. <laughs> little Excuse rat. Excuse you. <laughs> Sorry, it's just, it touched my foot. I got scared. <laughs> Gross. The rat makes his way underneath the door, the dwarf rat, and the spots oh. seven oh. sleeping goblins. There's seven of them. And does also spot a doorway on the opposite side of the room. Oh. So. And they're asleep? Yes, they're sleeping. Let's see if we can go around to the other doorway and then we can block them in. That's a good idea. We can do a pincer maneuver. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. I'll go with the. Uh, I'll go with Jordan. The great crab maneuver. All right. Um, oh, just, are you reactivating your lantern so you can see going forward here? Uh. I mean, I can feel along the walls at this point, right? Yep. <laughs> you I see you, you uh, always... Do I see him very clearly a... not knowing what to do in the dark here? <laughs> yes, he's a, got a... I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but you got a handout feeling along the wall. I can make you... a light. Do you want light? Do you want me to lead? Or... If, if you can see, then yes, you lead. Go ahead. If you... Yeah. If you just light his teeth then he can open his mouth for light and then shut it to be stealthy. He's talking to you. It's a strobe light. <laughs> Such a bright smile. Is that? His dragon breath is minty fresh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You do spot a, a T intersection up ahead as well as uh, halls to the north and or to the east and west. All right. So we are, I think, outside of Pass without trace right now. It's or no, we're still you just are. barely in it. Is um, it twenty feet? Twenty yeah. feet or thirty feet? It's thirty feet. Thirty feet. Okay, so good, like, then. this is like the last spot. I think. Do I see anything? Well, he, Tarak could try to move so he's more central. Yeah. Did you gotta peek up? around both sides. There we go. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So you guys can <laughs> squeeze past each other in a five foot hallway. You guys, don't worry. You can okay. maneuver past each other. Yeah. yeah. Five foot combat square does not mean you take five feet. That's just your area of influence. What, what do uh, what what do my elf ears hear? <laughs> you hear nothing coming from cool. the side. <laughs> Nothing coming from the hallway to the left. Right that way. You digging your stain at this door? Yes. Okay. Can I quietly try the, uh, the door, like, see if it's locked? Yeah. You reach down, jiggle the little lever handle, and it mm -hmm. pops open. It is definitely not locked. Door boss. Well, can I check my door for anything along the sides of it or seams, see if it's, like, booby-trapped or anything like that? check. At disadvantage, as you are. I can't see. 
Fred. Nice. <laughs> round with a 16 on disadvantage, Ooh. and you don't you don't feel any booby traps or anything. Can I try the door handle as well? It pops open. I will just gently open it as quiet and slow. Well, if it's starting to make a noise, and hinges start to make noises. The moment it, it stop or starts, you hear the goblins stop. on the inside. Would it still make the noise if Tarak is close by? Does it extend to the environment, yeah. or is it just us? It is. Should just be you and your stealth check. Let me double check past that a trace. I'm almost positive. It just Asking says you each, and your each companions. creature you choose. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Not the envi- It doesn't deafen sounds in the environment. Yeah, it's not a cone of silence yeah, or anything. Silence, yeah. All right. So I will just stop the door and prevent it from moving. Um, but and you hear I, the creaking of a door. I think they are moving in. Iraq, what were you going to say? I was going to say I also do have silence, which is uh, which I could cast. It says that for the duration, no sound can be created within or passed through a twenty-foot radius sphere centered on a point. However, it is your call if you'd like to cast yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. How... Some of us are magic users. We need to be able to speak to cast spells. Yep. That's true. Yeah. I'm gonna, I am going to oh, let Tarak make yeah, this decision yeah, as it's his yeah, character. Just... Um, that's all right. Okay. Back I mean, we... Yeah. What would you guys like to do? I think we should um, go for it. Yeah. Start uh, trying to creak open my door. It starts to creak as soon as you open it. Someone make the right. first attack. Right. I you will... guys have barely got the doors cracked an inch, and both of them have creaked as you started to open them. And each time it's creaked a little bit, you hear the goblins inside. Okay. Well, I think. Oh, with we... it. Yeah, just, just the door. bust the door, bust the door open. Large initiative. And, and I run yes. over to this guy and just. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh man! Oh. Seven. We are yeah. Good initiative for once. <laughs> oh. Oh, mine didn't roll. Wow. Wow. There it goes. Yes, Dorn. Yes! Okay. Dorn. Okay. He actually nice. rolled All for right. the group. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, starting off the top of the initiative order, all these goblins are surprised since you did bash the doors in and begin. Hell yeah. Um, Drock, I'm going to back you up if you don't mind, and Soren, I'm going to put you right back where you started as <laughs> we start combat with the doors flying open and you guys catching them by surprise. All right, Dorn. Um, Singular door. Door open. Yep, one door is open right now. Soren, you're up first. Cool. I am going to activate my blade song and just like flick my rapier through the air and then run straight over to that guy. Whoop, back five. Um, And I'm going to try and hit him with green flame blade. All right. You are striking with advantage since he's prone. (sighs) All right. Oh, wait, hold on. I think there is, um, okay, there's my blade song thing. Okay, uh, so 24, I'm assuming hits? Absolutely a hit. Okay, um, since I have advantage, I get sneak attack, right? 
Yes, you do. Okay. Yeah, so that, and then green flame blade. So many things. Okay. Oh, God. Fancy, fancy. That was wrong. Oh, I forgot it rolls for right. green flame blade. My bad. Okay, so... We're going to take the attack uh, up there, and then I will add the... Yeah. Plus five yeah. to your original hit there. Oh, so that's standard, yeah. So you just get a standard hit, and then green flame blade jumps to a secondary target. So we got uh, within, six damage on your... Within five feet, I think? If there's another guy within five feet of him, or no? Oh, no. Ten feet. Oh, well. That's fine. So, fiery rapier. Right five <laughs> feet of you. Let's see. It uh, jumps to another target. You can see within five feet of it. Yep, that's correct. Yeah. So, not yeah. of you, of it. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, um, that is my turn, I believe. Action, bonus, right. action, movement. Doran, you are up, and you just heard Soren All run right. into the room. It's pitch black. Doran's going to run in following suit, and he's going to run to here. And I need you to make a dexterity check for me as you run into the room blinds. Oh, no. Okay, dex check. Does the green flame blade emit any light? <laughs> Barely and briefly. For a, for a very brief moment, maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Inspiration. Inspiration. There inspiration. you go. Okay, I was waiting inspiration. for it. <laughs> oh, no. We're going to use our inspiration. Perfect. Nice. That's okay. much better. You go charging in, and you're about to stumble over a sleeping goblin, but you manage to counterbalance and catch yourself, and you go, Oh, there's one into my feet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, where is my sword? There's my sword. Right. You get an Lift. attack with advantage since he's prone, but disadvantage since you're in total darkness, so a standard attack. No standard attack, 21? 21 hits. All um, right. Mark which one you're targeting for me, please. Oh, uh. Just boop. click and hold. Perfect. Thank you. Yep. And that'll be 12 points of damage. Nice. Got it. Anything else for Dorn? Uh. No, I'm good, I think. I. Yeah, I can't. I, I should have reached before I attacked, so I can't reach now. Okay. Yep. A bunch of goblins wake up and start to rally each other. You hear a bunch of snarling and cursing. Um, nobody speaks goblin, so you hear a bunch of... Penelope, you are up. You hear sounds of battle from beyond the door, um, but the door is closed. Um, well, you think it's closed. You can't tell because you don't have dark vision. <laughs> um, my door is not open, right? The one next to me. You haven't heard it open. You are in pitch black right now. You can't see anything. I... Um, now, if I want to move Puff, is that an action or is that anything? Or does he have his own turn? Should be described in your fine familiar spell. Oh, it's a long one. Um, in combat, it rolls its own initiative and acts on its own turn. It can, you can give it commands as an action. And I can't see so him it, it right now. It doesn't attack. Nope, he is beyond the door. Okay. Um, I will. I will open this door. Move up and open. Okay. 
you kind of feel around in the darkness and eventually find the doorway get the door pushed open sneak past digging and you're standing in darkness and you can hear a bunch of goblins chittering at each other so now that i have the door open i can i cast twinkle on puff you can so let me move up a little bit you can't occupy the same space as Diggin. You can move through him, but you can't stop on somebody's space. Okay. Unless it says specifically, I can't remember on the new um, the new rabbit folk. I'd have to double check it, but we'll check later for you. Okay. Um, first of white until the start of your next turn. Sure, so we will make a twinkle like candle light. All right, so you can see 10 feet around Puff. Okay, and then I can I move back into the hallway with Is he surprised? Can he not can he opportunity me? You don't know. It's a little metagaming, but you guys did get the jump on them and none of them acted, so yeah, I'm going to move back to where I am. Okay. And that's yep, none it. of them None of them are able to react to you on this round, so you definitely don't get attack of opportunity or anything like that. Okay. Okay. Maximil, you are up. Alrighty. So I'm going to enter the room, and seeing how there's a little bit of light, but not too much, I'm going to rub my hands together, and there's going to be this small, like, spark that fly, and then I want here, and here, here, and yeah that's good those three points that are around the 10 feet because i will create dancing lights that look like these little glistening balls of electricity just kind of hovering in the air kind of jittering around so the room is now pretty well lit because in each of these spots there's a 10 foot radius and then there's also the one around puff so everyone should be able to see and i like like to get adjusted i I try to get adjusted like oh that's that's right all right and like take a step back and get ready to uh i did one here too yep i have to just put a token okay. down for that so yeah i, ju- I just uh-huh. don't know if you had already done that or not all right invisible badger of light <laughs> <laughs> there you go light badger all righty there we go good luck Anything everyone else for maximil Nope. I think that's all I can do. Goblin starts to wake up. Diggin, you're up, and Tarak is on deck. Uh, Now that Diggin can see into the room, uh, I will enter and go here, kind of look at the two on the ground and, like, look at everybody else without daggers in hand. And just kind of look to everyone. And that'll be my turn. Kill them! What?! The rock. I don't know Just if anyone rock. explicitly remembers the last session. <laughs> oh, yeah. But we'll come to that when they attack me. When I was told, right. don't pull out your daggers until someone attacks. <laughs> oh, no. All right. We're attacking! We need to be oh, more literal with the robot. Are attacked. <laughs> we we need to be more literal with the robot. Right. Can Tarak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as Tarak goes by digging, can he uh, 
yell for him to attack, or is it free action? You can speak to him, sure. Yeah, I yeah, remember a, a short it. sentence is a free action. Feel free to say something. Kill them. <laughs> they haven't <Now>. attacked. Kill. <laughs> what happened to Diggin? Must protect Pippi. No current danger. Um, All right, Turok, what are you doing right. for your action? All right, well, Turok uh, moves in between uh, so these two right here and uh, grabs his quarterstaff and uh, attacks um, this uh, the one in the corner. And okay. That's, oof, you get that's it. Uh, you get it at advantage since he's on the ground. Okay. All right. Now I'm gonna do it again. Uh, all oh. right. That's a little better. Fifth. That's a 15 to hit. hit. All right. Yes. And use versatile damage. And so that's a nice 7 whack. plus 10, or 7 plus 3 for a 10. His skull cracks open and he does not wake up. <laughs> oh, no. Nice. Oh. And then um, I'm going to use a unarmed strike on the one to Tarak's left. Okay. Um, um, also, well, is this one also with advantage or? Yep, he's on the ground. Okay. You get advantage. Okay, so oh. thirteen to hit. Thirteen to miss. Ah, okay. All right. <laughs> um, that's it. Okay. Top of the round. Up to Soren. You're up. All right. Is this guy still alive? Yep, still alive. Um, all right. He's very healthy. I'm going to, um, and this is not at advantage now, right? He's still prone. None of them have stood up. They only, they had, they were surprised last round, but Uh the only thing they could do was remove the condition, I believe. Okay. Um, So he's still prone. Okay. So it's still prone, still advantage on the attack, right? Yes, double checking. Okay. Right. I think that's... You can't move or take an action. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, okay, he's cool. still standing, um, so... he's still laying there. Just after pulling the rapier out on fire, just really still. All right, fine. I'll flip it around and just drive it back down into him. <laughs> okay. Back at advantage. Um, uh, okay, cool. Um, and that's sneak attack two. Ah, still with the ones. Oh. <laughs> So I guess that is uh, seven damage total. Yeah. Okay. Punctured a couple times, but still moving. Um, And then I'm going to be like wiggling on the ground now, but it's still alive. Okay. Um, I'm just going to fall back right here. And then uh, kind of like pirouette around and like just look around at the room and that's my turn. Doran, you are up. Doran is going to rage. Yes. So much rage. Anger. (laughs) I don't have my page up to look at what that is. Two seconds. Uh, I should have had that up. Why didn't I think about this? (laughs) (sighs) One day I'll remember things, I swear. Today is not that day. Not that day. 
faster, Mjolnir, build faster. It should be. It's yeah. It's on your actions page, your first page. Oh, in it the is. Game. Yeah. So this is a uh, you teleport up to thirty feet to an unoccupied space. Oh, oh no. okay. And then on um, each of your turns, you can use that as a bonus action. Sweet. <laughs> That's always good. Um. Or you said up to thirty feet. Up to thirty feet. Okay, not just you teleport thirty feet. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I will teleport. Let me think. How can I do? It says I can teleport. It doesn't say I have to teleport, right? Well, I think the first one is. Is a must. First one is you teleport up to thirty feet until your rain ed- rage ends. You can use this effect. So the first one. Okay. You. First the rest one is, you a, see is door kind and of go, a must. And just vanishes from existence. <laughs> And then pops back out in front of you. I don't know what that was. That was weird. You're telling me. Uh, and then he is going to strike at the one he struck at before. Um, I assume that one is also still prone, so still advantage on attack. Yes, it is. Uh, all right. And it is going to react and go and redirect the attack, and it swaps places with this other what? goblin. Oh, okay. Uh, well, it'll be a, nine, a 26 to hit, because I rolled a 19. That one hits it. Die. He uh, grabs his friend and just goes, and throws him over in front of you. And then his little and, friend goes, and gets completely annihilated by this hit. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is it for me. That was my bonus of my attack, so I'm done. Okay. Next up, a couple of the goblins. This one spends half its movement to stand up. Um, it has a, let's see, it's got a diggin' right in front of it, so it will attack you. Diggin'. It's a 16 diggin'. to hit. Uh, that hits. All right, five points of slashing damage as it <laughs> slashes out at you. Get hit and look at it. Mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Mistake. <laughs> um, all right. Goes over to this goblin in the corner. He spends half his movement to stand up. And he will use nimble escape to take disengage as his bonus action to move the last 15 feet without provoking. And he will step around Soren. Let's see here. Three, yep, 15 feet. There we go. See him scurrying. Uh, oh, oh, good. Scurries <laughs> around to the other side of Soren. Um, and he will strike out at you with his scimitar. First hit, 13 to hit. And the at second who? hit at you. Uh, Soren. Oh, at me? Yeah, no, Soren. 13 is not hit. The second hit was a 20 to hit, but he's a disadvantage for the second strike. And uh, okay, so instead of getting a crit, he just gets 20 to hit. 20 does not hit. 20 does not hit. Okay. Oh, mage armor. Steel. Mage, mage armor. armor. Oh, yeah. Mage no. armor. Mage armor and blade song. Oh, dang. All right, this one will also. Parry it out of the way. This one will also stand up and then use disengage bonus action and scurry down one, two, three 
you flank Soren to grant advantage. Remember, advantage is plus two to hit her friendly around it, so he gets a plus four to hit Soren. Right. And he's going to strike out at you twice. The first one, natural one. So it's okay. a big <laughs> miss from him. And the second one is a 16 to hit. Total? 16 total, yep. Yep, yep. Just They're both kind of like talking wizard. to each other, trying to figure out what's going on here. Um, Penelope, you are up. Maximil on deck. I will move up one and then cast magic missile. Okay, you can click and hold on your targets. Are you splitting up the missiles or all to one? Uh, one, two, and then three. Okay. Go ahead and let me double check. Someone was saying something about magic, so I need to read up on Oh, yeah, it was do we roll the one D4 and then multiply it, or do we roll the individual D4s? Correct. The the word the rules is written is really weird about that. Yep, we're gonna do one d4 per each. So go ahead and give me a d4 damage three times. So roll a d4 three times, and we'll do one, two, three. It's is it plus one. Yep. All right, one d4 plus one damage, and I'll go ahead and add these on there as you do them. So four damage to the first one. Three damage to the second one. And one more. And two damage to the last one. Okay, perfect. You watch from the doorway as Penelope pulls up her book and three magic missiles impact each of the three targets. That, that is, is it, it for them. Alright. Max, Emil, you are up. Okay. Um I would like to stay exactly where I am. Okay. And at this fellow right there, I would like to cast Witch Bolt, just stretching my hands forward and letting the electricity run through my veins into my fingertips and into that dude. All right. Go ahead and roll your attack. Come on. Come on. Uh, 14, that one has not reacted though, so as you target him, he grabs his friend and goes, throws his buddy in the way, and he switches positions with him, um, but a 14 does not hit. Oh, shut Wait, refresh my memory on advantage. Does Is there any benefit from me being kind of adjacent to him, or no? No. Okay. Not for, um, if somebody else is granting advantage... Like, if you two are flanking a creature and then a ranged person hits it, she'll gain a bonus for each friendly around it, just from the way our advantage rules work. The more targets around a creature it is, the easier it is for them to hit. Got it. It's a stacking bonus for anybody that hits a flanked creature, as long as your allies are around it. But since you don't have him flanked, there's nothing that's going on there. Um, Any damage on him miss on that? I don't think Witchbolt does. No. Okay. Anything else for Max? I'll just make I'll just move here okay. so I can survey the room better. Not like curse okay. at him in Infernal. Uh, oh, he kind of looks at you. Um, yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, that was in character from Soren, just making sure. 
<laughs> Alright. Goblin is up and he is uh, taking advantage. Oh, he actually got whacked by Tarak, so he's going to try to smack Tarak. Uh, Tarak, that is a um, 19 to hit. Yeah, just... Um, I don't think he actually got whacked by me, right? I missed this guy. Not that what I is, Oh, true. no, he got whacked by Penelope. That's yeah. right. But you're close enough that he, he's yeah. dumb anyways, and he attacks you for 19 to hit. Yep, that hits. All right, four points of slashing damage. Okay. Tires you out a little bit, swinging the scimitar your direction. Diggin, you are up with Tarak on deck. Which one of these guys was the one that hit me? The one above me or the guy that swapped places? One above you. Okay. I am going to, from the recoil, just staring at him, I'm going to, like, start spinning and, like, spin in between these two guys and go up here. And as I'm spinning, I'm going to take out both of my daggers and just cut the guy that hit me. Okay. So I will do one. Oop, that did the damage roll with it. But a 24, 24 to hit. 24 absolutely hits. Yep. Um, Four points of damage. Yeah, did that actually break it down? Yeah, I only rolled that. And then my offhand attack, which will be bonus action, is a ooh, natural one. Natural one. Big miss. Um, he easily steps out of the way of it. All right. Well, I'll be in this spot and kind of facing him. Um... I think that's it for me. Okay. Uh, the goblin that get, did get pushed in the way versus back at his friend is a little bit confused, but uh, he'll try to attack Soren because he's closest. Uh, Soren, that is a 15 to hit. Big miss. Absolute miss. Tarak, you are up now. All right. Tarak uh, moves in between these two goblins and first attacks on this one to south uh, with the quarterstaff and that is a 15 to hit 15 hits on the money yep All exactly right. and it's two-handed strike so it's versatile damage for a total of six six damage you crack him across the neck with this and he goes down it goes down all right then um i'd like to spend a key point and use a flurry of blows which is two unarmed strikes on the uh one over here to my north monk stuff um, monk stuff and that is awesome a 17 to hit 17 hits with uh a seven of damage Ooh. For the one yeah. strike. Come around with an unarmed strike and take the one out to the north as well. Okay. Rock cleaning up the can field. I, can I reach the one kind of um, over here? This one? Yep, you can yep. reach him as well. All right, so I'm going to use my second unarmed strike and try to kick this guy right in the head with a, a 16. 16 to hit. Is a miss, unfortunately. Okay. All right. And that's it. Okay, that finishes up Tarok's turn. Up to the top, Soren. All right, so... The goblins are clearing out around you. I'm just going to, like, drop back kind of into, like, a low position, pointing my rapier at this guy in the corner here, kind of 
draw it along Ooh. the blade, igniting okay. it. And uh, I'm gonna hold. Sorry, I'm gonna hold green flame blade until someone is within range or melee range of that guy right there. Okay, sounds good. Doran, you are up. Doran is going to poof, poof, teleport as a okay. bonus action and Go. then uh, make an attack against this guy in the corner. All right, Doran, someone's within melee range of that creature. Hello. But I will miss, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> the uh, it must have been the sudden expulsion of magical energy as Doran <laughs> poofed into existence, but he gets blown back and both of your wings go wide against him. Oh, I reached out to like grab sword to stabilize myself after the teleport. <laughs> uh, no, it's all right. Uh, not used to this. I'm sorry. Uh, no, Doran, Doran's done. Can you always do Doran. that? It's one of those crazy Goblins things, I don't know. <laughs> Dig in, 11 to hit from the goblin in front of you. Miss. All right. This uh, goblin here will perform a nimble escape again as a bonus action so he doesn't get tax opportunity. Slip up and flank Diggin. Or first attack is a 9 to hit. Miss. Second attack is a 14 to hit. Miss. Okay. Down to the goblin in the corner who's very confused about what happened to him here, but freaks out at the thing that just poofed into existence and kind of goes ah, ah, and swings at Doran. Um, first hit against Doran is a nine to hit. Um, followed by a 13 to hit. Miss. Penelope, you're up. Max meal on deck. These guys Hi. are whiffing big. <laughs> we are also tanky. I'm going to firebolt the one behind Diggin. Okay. Ooh, the poor goblin who stepped out of the way of his last friend that could save him. Behind Diggin and just firebolt flies in and absolutely annihilates him. Woohoo! You see him standing there with the the comical burning hole in his chest, kind of going. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh boy. <laughs> Don't be sorry, they are the enemy! <laughs> <laughs> I've never done so much murder before! Ah! That is the first time for everything! Anything else for Penelope? Nope, that's it. Maximil, you are up with digging on deck. Alright. I'm gonna pop on over here. Okay. And I'm going to look at the small little goblin. And I will try to just touch his shoulder and cast shack Shocking Grasp. Just like, okay. sorry, bud. <laughs> <laughs> nice. A very, very nonchalant, sorry, bud. And roll damage. I don't think you need to. Let's see, don't roll a one. Hey, yeah. Sorry, buddy. He looks at me Nice. All right. Anything else for Maximil? Uh, the smell of burned and electrocuted goblins singes your nose hairs. Sorry about that. That's I it. hope you can't smell anything, Diggin'. That's all. Cannot. He literally Diggin'. You're. <laughs> 
Um, I am just gonna kind of dash over seeing the last one. Kind of just okay. like poor Goblin. <laughs> just kind of slip just in between Soren, uh, Soren and uh, oh. Tarok there, and I'll just kind of leap forward with both daggers, kind of like jumping in between them. And I'll do main hand, off hand. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> natural twenty for a twenty-five see, and a twelve. See that crit sneak attack. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you get the sneak attack. I do. Oh, that's so good. And we it have, would we be have powerful crits here too, so that plus right, uh, so it's a maximized damage dice, so it's four, five, six, seven, eight, um, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, plus twelve for yeah, twenty-four total damage on his remaining nine life. Digging, how do you wanna how do you wanna kill this guy <laughs> off? <laughs> Just like jumping in between the two of them, I'll just daggers full out, but like impact them. And then as I'm landing, just like flip down, but the daggers will just go straight down through its body and kind of just land and I'll flick them off. Oh, God. Ow. Little warning next time, digging. Sorry. Splash zone. Yeah. <laughs> Tarak yes. gave digging a very approving look and kind of just nods his head. You guys catch your breaths for a moment, look around the area that they're in, and don't hear anything coming. Deal with the aftermath of that combat. Good. And we will continue the exploration of the Wow T Ruins next week. Ah, oh, nice. All right. <laughs> now we went over it. <laughs> Awesome. Nice. Right. Cool Thanks stuff. everybody for a wonderful session. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, good times. That was so much fun. Maybe Thanks we should everybody. talk to them first. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to learn that sometimes your problems cannot be solved by talking. You have to kill. I have a spell that makes them more friendly. So much killing. <laughs> Next time. You can Next try. <laughs> Thank you guys. Mm. And then this Thank you week, all. Thank you. Join us again next week, next Monday, right? No babies are happening next Monday. Oh, not that for we me. Know of. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No. We're done. Perfect. And the VOD of this will be on YouTube sometime this week. And the audio only podcast will also be up on your favorite podcast listening service this week as well. Thank you guys for watching. And uh, have a good night. Bye. Thank you. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye-bye.